This is a Triple M Footy podcast. With all the latest news and stories that matter right now in footy, it's Tom Brown's News. Good afternoon. Lots happening. Brad Scott doing his first press conference as the Essendon coach early this afternoon. We'll bring you those details from what Scott says on the social channels. But Brad Scott officially now the Bombers coach, which is incredible. It all ramped up this week. I'll get into that shortly. But the crux of the deal is this. Scott's deal, I understand, is four years, up to six years with triggers. I think he's potentially keen on bringing Dean Solomon in as a senior assistant. We'll get more details on that this afternoon. The talks had been going, I think, steadily for two or three weeks as part of Essendon's comprehensive process. Scott was obviously committed to the grand final, but no doubt would have been inspired by his brother Chris again, obviously, with his second flag on Saturday. But it was certainly on this week. Scott met with the selection panel yesterday. It ramped up with the board ratifying that decision officially around 6 o'clock last night. I think this will widely be seen as a bit of a coup. Scott had a very good record at North Melbourne with a salary cap compromise list. Just to explain that further, North was paying in the order of 91 or 92 percent of the cap so effectively he was coaching with one arm tied behind his back or in more practical terms without say for example one gun player so that makes a big difference and uh, I think Essendon is tremendously exciting as they said in their release last night they hope this will help restore their winning culture out at the Bombers. I can reveal on this podcast what his first order of business was this morning I understand that Scott caught up with Robbie DeRazio one of the um, most prominent uh, and best player agents from Connors Sports no doubt, to discuss some options ahead of the trade period because the Bombers need good players. That's no secret. They've got salary cap space. And uh, I imagine that Josh Marnie, Adrian Dodoro and Brad will spend much of the weekend working through the trade period and how they can maximise that because the business for the Bombers in terms of finding better players starts now. So Brad Scott speaking today. In terms of the deal, I mentioned that Essendon also aiming for a bit of a trifecta. They're trying to convince Andrew Thorburn in the background who has assisted EY with the review of the football department. He's a former CEO of the National Australia Bank. They're trying to convince Thorburn to come on as the Bombers' CEO. That's a bit uh, like hanging a Picasso in a local gallery because Thorburn's a big hitter in the uh, corporate uh, world. He would have been on three, four, five, six million dollars a year plus as the boss of NAB. These days, he's not the boss of NAB and has time on his hands, but the Bombers are trying to convince him to come and run their club. So it'll be interesting to see how they go in that regard. They're trying to twist his arm at the moment, I understand. It obviously creates the AFL football position, the vacancy, because Brad Scott was officially the head of football at the AFL. Look, the AFL will take their time on this. When Steve Hocking left to Geelong, obviously they brought in Brad Scott and Laura Kane came in from North to play a key role. Uh, Lisa Lowry's come into the umpiring department and playing a prominent role in the AFL football department in recent months. Clubs could push for a uh, football heavy to fill the role as football boss and sort of expand that role. Maybe they might push for Brendan Gale if he misses out, as expected, on the top CEO job. But really, these days, the club CEO role is bigger than the boss of footy at the AFL. So unless they restructure it, I think the AFL would look at uh, more of a pure uh, footy person, someone like Chris Davies from Port Adelaide, Craig Vozzo from West Coast, even Nathan Buckley, who I think they were interested in last time, around the time they appointed Brad Scott. Jimmy Bartell, I think, has already put his hand up and has got a very accomplished um, on-field and off-field resume now across a couple of clubs. And uh, Josh Marnie, who's at the Bombers somewhat ironically, he was close to Brad Scott's job last time as well. So the AFL will obviously work through that in coming months. They've got a bit on their plate. I'll get to that uh, more on that shortly. The Saturday Rub, Friday Huddle, Sunday Rub, Midweek Rub, Tom Brown's News and all the footy podcasts you need are in one place. Subscribe to Triple M Footy on the Listener app or wherever you get your podcasts. Collingwood have their best and fairest, the Copeland Trophy, on tonight at Crown and there should be good news because Jordan Degoe has committed, recommitted to the Pies for five years. 
Pete Ryan from The Age reporting the first two years will contain those behavioural clauses. It's not official official in terms of the release as yet, but I expect it will become official today. St Kilda, I think, were told of his decision last night. It was a cliffhanger because St Kilda, in the end, I think, upped the ante on their offer. Collingwood upped the ante on their offer. And uh, it was really, really down to the wire. Both parties, up until 7 or 8 or 9 o'clock last night, didn't know Dugowie's decision. In regards to Brody Grundy, I think he's still on track now that this Dugowie thing's locked in to go to Melbourne. Um, he obviously hasn't announced his intention to seek a trade. He's contracted um, before the Copeland Trophy tonight, but there's a commitment from Collingwood and the management, Robbie DeRazio, to up those talks, I think, in coming days post the um, best and fairest night. And Brody's a popular member of Collingwood, so there's very good dialogue with Brody in terms of going to Melbourne, but uh, he'll feel a bit funny tonight, I imagine, because uh, he's a popular pie, and uh, it's not a simple thing, but it's the business of footy these days. Collingwood with a lot of money tied up in that ruck position, up to a million dollars with Brody, and they obviously want to allocate or reallocate that money with Brody's consent to other positions. That's just an adult discussion that's been going on, and that'll all ramp up uh, over the weekend and early next week. This is Tom Brown's News, bringing you the latest in footy every Monday, Thursday and Friday. Here at first on Listener. The Hawthorne, Alastair Clarkson, Chris Fagan thing is getting awfully, awfully complicated. What I want to do today is try and break down in simple terms what's going on, because even I've been confused by it in times, and I've spoken to a lot of the various parties involved. And I just want to say at the outset again, um, they're terribly serious issues involved, but Alastair Clarkson and Chris Fagan have obviously heavily protested their innocence and argued their innocence already in separate statements. What's going on is this. The AFL last week, in response to this, said, look, let's get in place an independent panel to gather all the facts. And the AFL has been working on that in the background. The difficulty is that the alleged victims in all this don't necessarily, and it's up to them, they've already spoken to Hawthorne, they don't necessarily want to participate in the AFL's process. They're like, well, we don't have to do that. I mean, we've told our story to Phil Egan. It's a very hard story to tell. He's an Indigenous man. We felt comfortable doing that, but we don't necessarily want to go and submit ourselves to the AFL Commission or their so-called independent panel. There's a little bit of, I wouldn't say mistrust in the AFL's process, but they're like, well, we've we've done it already. We've, We've sort of been there. But what I understand is going on is that the AFL is trying now to put in place a panel that's acceptable so the complainants are happy, or the alleged victims, I should say, are happy to participate in that process. The difficulty with all that is that the Players Association has come out and the alleged victims, I understand, through the age today, um, Jake Noel reported, has have come out and said, well, look, we don't really want to participate in the AFL's panel and then the commission, that's the AFL commission, decide this outcome. We think the whole thing, and the Players Association supports this position, we think the whole thing should be independent of the AFL. That is the fact gathering and the determination of any sanctions, if any, and any guilt, which the commission would do under the AFL's model. But They think that a separate body, for example, a human rights body or a court or someone independent, um, the alleged victims would prefer to do that separate to the AFL. So the AFL is trying to work through all this. Obviously, the alleged victims would like to cross-examine Chris Fagan and Alastair Clarkson and have that opportunity. They also obviously want the any evidence to be given under oath so there'd be serious penalties as a result of uh, any uh, mistruths or um, different versions of events, if indeed they weren't true. So that's what's going on in the background. It's very, very complicated, but the crux is that the alleged victims want the entire process to be separate from the AFL, including the determination of any, if any, sanctions and findings against Chris Fagan and Alastair Clarkson. Um, just to emphasise, that's what's going on in the background. It's a pretty complicated issue, but that's what's happening in that regard. 
bringing you the latest in footy news before you hear it anywhere else. This is Tom Brown's News. And just wrapping up on some brief items ahead of the trade period, there's no doubt that clubs today will be speaking to North Melbourne in regards to their number one pick and seeing if North are interested in splitting that up. The uh, logic there is pretty clear insofar as it's considered an even draft. So if North, who desperately need as much talent as they can get, could split that up and it can come up with an acceptable deal, perhaps they'll look at that. So I imagine those discussions are happening today as to whether North would be interested in splitting that pick up. On Tasmania, clubs have been asked by the AFL to give their indication by next Friday. I still think there's serious club opposition among some clubs and reservations to that. I think everyone wants to help Tasmania get a team. But at the moment, um, there's no guaranteed federal funding for the stadium, which remains a hurdle. That issue will wrap up absolutely next week. And just to explain that, and again, it's pretty complicated, but basically it needs the federal government to commit to some funding for the stadium. The federal government is Labor, and the state opposition in Tasmania is Labor, and they are vehemently opposed to spending on a stadium. So that's the issue that uh, the AFL faces in that regard. I don't think, well, there won't be a fully funded stadium by next Friday, so it's going to be difficult, in my view, to get Tasmania up at the moment under those circumstances. But uh, there is, in principle, support for it, so we'll see how that all plays out next week as well. And just finally, some um, club best and fairests, Jeremy Cameron and Cam Guthrie, winning the Geelong Best and Fairest last night. Callum Mills taking out Sydney's award too. Well, trade period starts Monday. The Hawthorne issue just continues to get more and more serious, the most serious allegations we've seen perhaps in the modern history of the game. And also the Bombers have announced their coach. You'll speak today, Brad Scott, an exciting announcement. I think for most Bombers fans, of course, it means that Uze and Hurd missed out on that role. There was a lot of support for Hurd at Essendon. It'll be interesting to see how politically that shakes out as well. Triple M rocks football. That was Tom Brown's news. Come back every Monday, Thursday and Friday for more and subscribe to Triple M Footy on Listener or wherever you listen to get all our podcasts throughout the season. For Ream Hot Water and McDonald's, Triple M rocks footy.